Welcome to Weight Loss for Small Animal Vets podcast. I am Nadina Kojokaru, DVM and Certified Life and Weight Coach. Hello friends and welcome to episode 31 of the podcast. Today we are in for a treat because our guest is no other than Katrina Yubel, MD, Master Certified Life and Weight Coach, a trailblazer for medical professionals all over the globe, the physician who started a mission of helping thousands and thousands of other women physicians stop emotional eating and create freedom around food. While consistently showing up for her clients, female physicians in clinical practice, Katrina helped thousands and thousands of other people, including veterinarians, deal with their emotions and heal their relationship with food. A lot of our veterinarian colleagues discovered Katrina, followed her podcast, Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast, and got a lot of help by applying the tools that Katrina presents there. To know a little bit about her story, as a pediatrician, Katrina always struggled with her weight. She was either 40 pounds overweight or struggling to lose that weight. Although she'd regularly counsel parents on the importance of keeping their kids healthy and fostering good eating habits, as a busy professional, she was never able to do the same for herself. And like everyone else, she tried many different diets and programs, but would always regain the weight. In 2015, Dr. Ubel cracked the code for making weight loss permanent and developed a program targeted at busy physicians like herself, who often deprioritize their own wellness. As a weight loss coach, Dr. Ubel has helped over 1,300 busy physicians and professionals find at, and stay at a healthy weight with her brain-based program and now is ready to bring this program to the general public through the book that will be published soon. As many of you, I first met Katrina through the Life Coach School podcast and then through the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast. She was the medical professional who inspired me in starting my own path as a life coach. The transition towards coaching coming from the vet profession and the belief that if an MD can accept coaching and use its benefits, then for sure we can change the tides in the vet profession as well, was opened up for my brain while watching and, or better said, stalking Dr. Katrina Ubel, changing the tides for the human doctors. I first met Katrina in real life in 2018 while going through my coach certification training with the Life Coach School and every year after that while attending the live events of the Life Coach School. That's until the pandemic hits in uh, or hit us in March 2020. I always loved interacting with Katrina and we've had a blast recording this podcast. Her book is available for pre-ordering already now and will be available on September 20th, 2022. You'll find all the links necessary in the show notes. And now get some water, lay back, go on a hike in nature or whatever pleases you and be in for a treat 
enjoy listening to the podcast because we'll dive straight in with giggles and fun and sparkles from Katrina Ubel, MD, and Adina Kojokaru, DVM. Have a blast. I just love it. Yay! I just love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I do too. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's officially welcome you ah! with a glass of water. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll cheers you. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. Water is the best. I love it. In a Swedish crystal uh, gloss. Amazing. Amazing. So uh, welcome to the weight loss for small animal veterinarians, (laughs) Katrina Ubel, MD. (laughs) So glad to be here. So glad to be here. So good. We'll take a sip. We'll take a sip. Because water is the best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I am so, so impressed by your book. Uh, uh, And... uh, I'm so happy that uh, that you contacted me and we are doing that because we haven't seen each other since March 2020. Yes, <laughs> we don't that's right. we don't yeah when I was stranded in uh, in uh, Dallas, Texas yes. because uh, suddenly there was a pandemic in in oh. USA as well. <laughs> I know. Like I like I showed up like pulled up my Uber pulls up in front of the hotel and I get the message like it's canceled. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, well, yeah. On Hi Monday, here. there was no pandemic in the United States. And now it's, I think, Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday, and all the flights are canceled. Yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. Speaking about managing be. our minds. Right. Oh, man. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was a long, uh, long, long time. And now with, uh, I wasn't able to attend the mastermind either because Ukraine and my Romanian family passport and all that oh, shenanigan another right, moment right. of managing well, I wasn't my there mind. either so don't worry about it yeah yeah so <laughs> we're not yeah. seeing each other anyway <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah but we are here and I'm so happy for that book because I think there are so so many people who waited for that book to be able to work with you <laughs> uh, in one way or another uh, uh, veterinarians included so uh, uh, tell me how how uh, how this idea came up of writing that book? You know, I mean, I, I will say that, you know, a lot of people ha- say it's always been their dream to write a book. You know, they always knew they had a book in them. That is not me. I've never, ever, <laughs> just to say, that was, that's not me. That's I was a no. Like, I was exactly, that's a no. And people did ask, you know, mm-hmm. several years ago, you should write a book. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then honestly, the first thing that really kind of got the wheels turning a little bit was um, a woman who is a literary agent was Mm -hmm. listening to the podcast and reached out to me and said, hey, I actually think that you could write a book and it'd be really good. And at the time I was Mm -hmm. like, no, absolutely not. But I told my assistant, you know, keep keep track of that email though, like in case something changes. So it's like in my head, the the door opened a crack, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just a tiny bit. And mm-hmm. then um, I also then, you know, fast forward a little bit of time and I have a good friend who's um, a published novelist, like successful mm-hmm. novelist. And she actually said to me, hey, mm-hmm. it was like the start of the, <laughs> the year. I think it was the start of 2019. And she said, hey, I just want to put this here. You don't mm-hmm. have to say anything. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. going to yeah. lay this here. And that's what I think you're ready to write a book. I think you should write a book. And mm-hmm. so I kind of hemmed and hawed and this and that and um, and started realizing, you know, 
I may not really like want to from a deep soul level write this book, <laughs> but what I do want to do from a deep soul level is help people to escape, yeah. uh, you know, this craziness that is the weight loss industry. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's kind of like twofold because there's people who are not doctors who mm-hmm. I know can be helped with this book. But also doctors themselves are giving yeah. advice to people all the time and they don't even, they don't know what to say. Yes. You know, like, like, it's not like we are vilifying the doctors. They just legitimately don't know what to offer and they don't know how to deal with this. And kind of the pendulum has swung to the point where now often they don't say anything about the patient's mm-hmm. weight. And yeah. maybe sometimes yeah. that's appropriate, but, but, you know, they just don't feel like they have proper resources to actually help people, which is really a terrible place to be doctoring from. You know what I mean? Yes. You don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel like yeah. I have nothing to offer you. You know what I yeah. mean? And so I also wanted the doctors to be able to have a book. Cause I also noticed so many doctors were recommending their patients listen to my podcast. And I was like, well, it was several hundred episodes of a podcast. I mean, you know, your doctor tells you it's like going to take you a year to even know what to do. Like, what if there was just a book that they could just mm-hmm. read and then, okay, at least this gets me going on the right path. Yeah. And to have something to give their patients yeah. as well in their hands, because that is, mm-hmm. that is really, you know, to have something that is uh, beautifully printed and have, all the information is in one place. And then you have uh, uh, your, uh, your Kindle version. And then uh, I've heard the audio book. I just finished the audio book. Yes. <laughs> I was listening to your podcast today. And, oh, I was, uh, I was, about to suggest oh can we have an audiobook with your voice <laughs> because yeah. i just love uh the books that are also uh, uh read by their authors uh and uh, uh you passed that exam as well i was like <laughs> I oh my god that was weird <laughs> not to be yeah, able so many people be like offended for me they're like the audacity that they would <laughs> yeah. make you audition i'm like look it was in my contract with the publisher they just you know they're just protecting i mean if i did a terrible job, then they would mm-hmm. be able yes, to use yes. somebody else. But, but anyway, I was really glad to be able to do that. And um, it was kind of fun to go through it and actually read it again, you know, like, yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah. cause you submit the manuscript, the final manuscript, and then it's like several months later and you're like, Oh, oh that's right. <laughs> that's this yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And it's, so uh, I think it's, it's going to help so in lots yeah. of different ways, you know, and that's, yeah. and so when I think about it in that way, I'm like, of course it was totally worth Mm-hmm. all of the, you know, blood, sweat and tears, you know, like the, <laughs> the stress of it, like it's been a long process, like the whole thing, it's worth it because of yeah. the impact I know it can have. And yeah. I just know how, when I was struggling with my weight, like what I would have given, I read all the books. Right. And then I'd either mm-hmm. feel worse about myself or I'd be, mm-hmm. you know, on some other nonsense, crazy diet again for a little while. It just, yeah. you know, I would have given anything for this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's that, um, uh, it, the book is so amazing that it's condensed uh, information, but it's just, uh, uh, as I said, condensed and, uh, only the things that are really necessary put in there, uh, without that many, um, references to MDs. Uh, of course right. you are, it's... you are making references to, to mm-hmm. your clients and we all know that your clients are mostly, uh, doctors, uh, female physicians, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, um, um, it's, it's without, um, 
connecting uh, the tool with necessarily with uh, with the medical profession and that right. applies to to everybody yeah. and uh, it everybody really is can written for the yeah. general population you know i mean yeah. you have to think about it from a publisher standpoint too like they're mm-hmm. not interested in publishing a book that's for a very narrow section of the population mm-hmm. that's like so yeah. specific yeah. But I think, you know, the thing that I think is, is it's kind of interesting, right? Like when I was struggling with my weight in practice, you know, as mm-hmm. a pediatrician, I just really, you know, I tried all these things and I kept thinking like, no one understands what my life is like. It's totally unpredictable. Like I never know mm-hmm. from one day to the next one I'm going to be doing. And that's yeah. why I struggle with all this stuff. And, and I realized, oh, there's a bunch of other doctors who feel the same way. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. Well, then I, you know, create these tools develop tools to help with the, the, you know, emergencies and all the idiosyncrasies. And like, you've got a day like this and a day like that. And mm-hmm. you work one day like this and one day like that. Mm-hmm. And like, how do we make that work? And then I just realized, you know what, there's actually other people besides doctors who have lives like that too. And exactly. not even in, yeah. in kind of the broader healthcare perspective, like there, this has actually resonated with so many people in other professions kind of unintentionally, you know, we're just like busy people who don't have, Mm -hmm. you know, all the time in the world to be preparing six small meals a day and eating them on time. And, you know, all the things that that people say you need to do. And so I think it makes sense, right? I think it it makes sense for, um, for the general population to, to understand, you know, to see this, understand this. And, and I think that, you know, I'm not going to start broadening and start coaching everybody. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited about hopefully how much it's going to help the whole coaching industry, because there'll be people who will be looking to work with a coach. And so yeah, great. and, and to have, as I said, uh, a book, a physical thing, even to mm-hmm. send to, to our clients as, yeah. as, as coaches, because as you said, mm-hmm. writing a book is not, uh, is not a bed of roses. It's like blood and sweat no. and tears. <laughs> And, um, and it's really uh, been a huge growth opportunity. Let's just yes, say. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and, uh, um, it's, it's really nice to have all the tools that we almost all of us are, are using, uh, especially coming uh, through the life coach school and, uh, to have all the tools in one place and just to be able to give our clients something physical to, uh, to go back to, or, or to, ref- right. uh, to have a reference, uh, mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. Uh, um, and uh, that that was um, uh, your 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 thing with uh, with not having a tool to give uh, the the parents of of the kids that you uh, that you um, uh, exam as as a as a pediatrician is is something that um, my vet colleagues are telling me the the vet colleagues who are overweight and right now we are at the point uh, at a point uh, with our society that um, somehow it's a lot of body positivity and it's a lot of feminist um, uh, influences mm-hmm. and people are afraid of addressing right now the mm-hmm. overweight problem because I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I've just been thinking about the exact same thing. Tell me what you think and I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> because it's, uh, you know, um, it's somehow uh, you, uh, we are like, um, you lose if you want to lose weight and you lose if you don't want to lose weight. So people will blame you all the time. So you are mm-hmm. like the bad feminist if you want to lose weight because we are so, um, uh, the society puts so many ideas about women's bodies 
how we mm -hmm. are supposed to look like and how we are supposed to behave right now to be the righteous feminist. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's not really that, any different than the old ways, Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so I, I don't think that is beneficial uh, from, uh, from, um, uh, from the medical stand of uh, medical um, uh, perspective or from the mental health perspective because we are beating ourselves up uh, because we have those thoughts about our bodies. We hate our bodies with all our guts or the women usually do that. We want to change that, but we are somehow uh, not allowing ourselves to have that goal because it's not sparkly to, you are not feminist enough if you want to change that. And then having those thoughts about your body, you're beating yourself up uh, even more for hate, still hating your body and still wanting to lose weight. So I think uh, the, the thing that we have to, to talk over and over and over again is, as you said in your book as well, body positivity can coexist with weight loss goals as well. I think for me, from my perspective as a coach, that's the the bottom line um, uh, where where we start to accept our bodies as they are right now, as the beautiful, amazing uh, animal bodies or organisms. And we are so different and we have to accept that uh, I have this analogy for my vets, you know, if you are, if you are born in a pug's body, no matter how much you diet or exercise, you won't create a whippet from that right. body. <laughs> you know? Right. I love it. <laughs> That's such a good analogy. So if you are born in a pug's body, hopefully with some nose so we can breathe. <laughs> Uh, you will, through like improving your diet and exercise and all the things, you will be a really fit pug right. still, you know? Yes. And your body will still be healthy and uh, and uh, amazing, even if it doesn't look like a freaking whippet. So, exactly. Uh, and so listen, I, there are some crazy pug people out there, right? Yeah. We think that like the only way to be acceptable or attractive or, yes. you know, okay right valuable is to look like a whippet and yes it's like the pug is never thinking like oh poor me exactly <laughs> I'm not, exactly I'm not a whippet. it's like listen yeah. people love me that's what the yes like. <laughs> exactly so let's start by accepting how we what what our bodies look like and yes. uh, to see we what we can do, starting with uh, with our thoughts all the time, coming back to that, uh, you know, the bottom line, what I currently believe about my body and how can I uh, still have this uh, amazing feminist goal because feminism is about what I want as a woman uh, and what are my desires knowing that the society put ideas in my head as a kid without me being able to, to question them. And we all have big T's and small T's and little T's about, uh, about diet. Uh, and uh, knowing that, accepting that, and still wanting uh, to, to live in a different uh, or in a leaner body, that is right. perfectly okay. 
uh, to do the thing that. that yeah. I think that what I'm starting to like, which came to me recently was, you know, what's happening here is it's just creating more shame for the woman who prefers exactly. to live in a different size body. Yeah. It's just making it like the desire to lose weight because of all of the body positivity, mm -hmm. feminism, whatever mm -hmm. you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't want to lose weight people, it's not going to take away the desire to lose weight. Yes. It's just going to create more shame around it. P women will be that much more hush hush about it. They yes. won't want to admit they're going to think mm -hmm. this is a personal failure. Something's really mm -hmm. wrong with them now because they still do want to lose weight. Yeah. And, and the, the, I get how the idea is so well in, intentioned, you know, like, yes. like they're trying to be like, look, you don't need to fit into this, you know, truly like uh, uh, random, uh, mm -hmm. standard that society mm -hmm. has created and which changes over the course mm -hmm. of time too right yeah. like even over yeah. the course of a woman's life you know span yes. is gonna it's gonna change um so and I'm all for all of that but like really the the thing that it really boils down to is we have a lot more control over ourselves than mm -hmm. we think we do and mm -hmm. we get to choose we yes. get to decide what we want to do and I always say like my goal is not to make a whole bunch of skinny people my no. goal is for people yeah. to feel peace and freedom mm -hmm. around food mm -hmm. so that they mm -hmm. don't feel like food is controlling them anymore. Like, I can't tell mm -hmm. you how many times I would go to like a meeting and there'd be, mm -hmm. you know, some tray of cookies in the center yes. of the table and everybody else is paying attention to the meeting. And yeah. I can only think about like, has anyone else taken one? Should yes. I take one? I don't know. I said, I wasn't going to, but like, are they going to pass them around? I mean, like literally <laughs> consuming yeah. my brain with the food. Now, when you are connected to your body, you're actually mm -hmm. listening to your body signals. You have yeah. a, a really strong, positive connection with your body where you know what foods help it to mm -hmm. thrive. You give your body what it needs, when it needs it. And then you process your emotional life as something separate. You might lose weight just because yes. you're not overeating anymore. And yeah. really, should we be vilifying people? Like who cares if that person loses weight or not? Like, how is yeah. that any of our business? It's, exactly. it really is something that I, I feel like it's like, we have to start talking about telling women, like, here's permission, you know, yes. like, I kind of think of like the title of my book is how to lose weight for the last time. And I think of it as like two kind of two meanings, right? One, if you want to lose weight and keep it off permanently, I can help you. <laughs> this is in this mm -hmm. book, right? But also another way to lose weight for the last time is to stop trying to lose weight. Yes. Okay, that's fine. So you can stop trying to lose weight, then do all of this work regardless to process your emotions, to stop hating yourself, to stop mm -hmm. hating your body, to work with yourself and really go back to the way human bodies were designed and evolved mm -hmm. to work at their optimum level and then just see what happens. And if you yeah. want to, you know, if you end up losing weight or you don't, like who really cares? But mm -hmm. that's arguably, to, in my opinion, what's most important, not necessarily yes. how you know small your body is. And when people say like, well, why do you recommend that people go to the mid BMI weight range? Mm -hmm. The only reason why is because you can lose a lot of weight while still eating for emotional reasons. Yes. And so yeah. to get to that weight, you usually have to stop eating mm -hmm. for emotional reasons. Yeah. Now, can yeah. you also stop eating for emotional reasons and not lose more weight? Sure. Like mm -hmm. I'm open for all of it. I'm like, look, don't ever, yeah. you know, get, lose any yeah, weight. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. care at all. Yeah. But let's do this work to stop feeling so controlled by food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's always, um, as as I'm uh, speaking with my clients, is like it's always that balance between uh, your emotional health, the number on the scale, what what you are uh, what you are eating, and if you are happy with that triad, then it's fine. I mean, right. it's. Uh, 
It doesn't matter. The the number on the screen is here. It's not a problem here. Let's move on with our lives. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Because we know working with uh, with women is like um, uh, there are people who are not uh, emotionally eaters or overeating, and their BMIs might be still a little bit uh, on uh, on the upper uh, level and they want to to become that whip at you know and mm-hmm. that's there 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 is a, a bigger problem than uh than uh, um not uh, not accepting your body as as it's shaped and uh and what's um, uh what's going on than to 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 reach those uh, those numbers or those uh, those things and we we both know i think we are um approximately the same age and i i also had like uh, i am 5 feet 9 and I, uh, I thought that I should be Kate Moss or uh, whatever, right. Cindy oh Crawford. Like, oh, my... my life, right? <laughs> exactly. <I know. laughs> it's like, oh, so if you are really skinny, then you can be happy. And you have the height, but, you know, um, uh, you... Yeah. You still have for me. I have way too much muscle mass. <laughs> yeah, just... and, and for me, I, I'm not. I'm not shaped like uh, like yeah. uh, like right. Kate Moss. I I won't be. Uh, I yeah. will never be uh, yeah. shaped. Uh, even if I if I meet the criteria for height and weight, my body will still not be like 90, 60, 90 because this is not yeah. how my body is is shaped. Like yeah. I am that uh, uh, French bulldog or like that. <laughs> You know what I think is interesting about that, though, is as I'm getting older, so I'm now in the Mm -hmm. second half of my 40s, you know, I and I, you know, I do what I can to take good care of myself and everything, Mm -hmm. but I have noticed some changes in my body that are related. Yes. And I'm I'm really just noticing that Mm -hmm. the, the it's like, there's the weight component and then there's the, my body's changing as I get older kind of component. And I actually think that if let's just say somebody could lose a bunch of weight and, you know, out of hatred for themselves, get them to whatever the ideal is of the moment, they're still going to get older. And then they're still going to, it's like that work of accepting our bodies exactly as they are exists Mm -hmm. for us, no matter what, you know? So whether it's, you know, right now with Mm-hmm. the way your skin is or mm-hmm. cellulite or whatever yeah. it is, which cellulite is like, so silly. It's like, it's skin. Someone, I think yeah. it was actually Vogue decided that cellulite was a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And, and I think I, I've read a study that, uh, I don't remember, I think 95 to 98% of women, um, uh, after their body starts to secrete estrogen, will Mm -hmm. store fat as cellulite and that is just an aesthetic problem not a medical one and it's normal you know it's normal for a female body to store fat in that way but we are making like uh, multi-billion dollars in uh, industries Mm -hmm. to correct something that is not correctable because it's normal and our bodies will keep do that thing is just totally. bananas it's just bananas totally. it just doesn't make any sense so we have to yeah. find compassion for ourselves i think in that though because yeah. even though like i find that even logically like mm-hmm. rationally yeah. you know consciously i recognize that like this isn't a problem mm-hmm. But yeah. I catch the glimpse of it in the mirror yes. and yeah. it's like, it's like, it's more subconscious. And I can tell because I feel yes. yeah. the disappointment or like that gut punch mm-hmm. of like, Ugh, mm-hmm. you know, or disgust mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, yes, we can do what we can do to mm-hmm. reprogram ourselves so that we're not mm-hmm. thinking that way. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we can get pretty far with that. But I always just think of it as like, you know, 
like probably arguably forever there's going to be some sense of that because it has been so ingrained in us in in just yes. the societal yeah. you know soup yeah. that we've been raised yeah. in and and so that's okay but if we could find compassion for ourselves yes. like we notice it and then i love mm-hmm. you no matter what and i think you yes. look amazing and none of that even really matters mm-hmm. and then we move on versus yes, exactly. going into this you know self loathing rabbit hole yeah. yeah yeah exactly and then yeah. and then because going the- and searching for and trying the latest whatever yeah. fad thing to try to get rid of it Yes, exactly. And I I always tell my clients that I think that the fat tissue is the most hated tissue on this planet, (laughs) even if it's a normal, you know, and the skin is like the most normal organ that we have. It's doing its job. It's preventing us for for starvation. You know, it's collecting fat. It's like, we are not saying those things about our liver. Oh, liver, I hate right. you. I hate right. how you look like, or, you know, <laughs> I don't like my kidneys today or stuff like that, you know, but right. we are doing that with our yes. fat tissue or how, how, how the skin looks like, or how the shape of, of our bodies or how our bodies uh, accumulate fat in, in, in which way mm-hmm. and so on and so on. So it's, it's just a normal a survival mechanism, nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be blamed for. <laughs> so it's just uh, it's just a normal functioning organ. So knowing that and neutralizing those kind of uh, of negative uh, ideas uh, make a good foundation to to start losing uh, losing weight and understanding how our bodies work and uh, right. what can we do to reach those uh, those uh, uh, weight loss goals that uh, that we have. Yeah. I think that, that like one way I like to think about it is like me and my body are conjoined twins. Mm-hmm. Like, like my body is just doing the best it can mm-hmm. for me all the time, all no the matter time, what. Yeah. Right. And I can't, we can't get rid of each other. We have to mm-hmm. be together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if we have to be together, what kind of relationship do I want to have? Mm-hmm. You know, like this yeah. without that, without my body, there's no me. So mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of like just speaking of the fat, I sometimes think of it as like how great our bodies know how to yes. knows how to save the extra energy in the form yes. of fat. And also in weight, in the process of losing weight, like kind of a gift that we're giving our body, like a chance to mm-hmm. use some of that up, just like you clean yes. out your closet or you clean out yeah. your pantry or your freezer. The clutter. Or whatever, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just kind of like, you know, from decluttering time to time, our bodies. You know, yeah. Just kind of, you know, get some of that off, give it the opportunity to work through it. And, yeah. and we can think about it in that way when we relieve ourselves of this hatred, this disgust, mm-hmm. this like mm-hmm. something is wrong as though hating it is going to make yeah. it go away or, you yeah. know, make it yeah. any better. Cause of course, yes. then we just, when we hate our bodies and hate ourselves, we eat to feel better. Yeah. Which only and the cycle <laughs> continues. Yeah. Over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what's, um, uh, What's something that um, you are most thankful for after um, uh, um, writing this book? What is something that uh, just was mind-blowing for you or um, while doing that? That's a good question. I mean, it's been fun to connect to mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a different group of people you know, mm-hmm. like not just thinking, okay, these are the specific, extremely mm-hmm. narrow slice of the population, you know, mm-hmm. and really thinking about like just the greater group, um, as mm-hmm. a whole. 
Um, I think it's been fun. You know, actually this was pretty fun. I was just, um, recording the audiobook and I was in a sound studio and then there was someone there with me who was directing. And then there's also someone from the publisher who was zooming in and listening, just making sure that I read everything correctly and stuff. And, and there was one, one, uh, line that I read that basically said like, um, you know, the more you resist your emotions, mm -hmm. um, and your urges and, you know, <laughs> the over desire to eat, like the stronger they'll be. And both mm -hmm. of them interrupted me and said, I think you read that wrong. And I was like, no, you have mm -hmm. to not resist so that it can get less. And they were totally, their minds were blown. They were like, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, that's written correctly. <laughs> like, wait, like, what? Mean, what? Are we not supposed to go away? I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> Yeah, those are those really are fun, fun moments. I know, yeah, right. Yeah, and and in, you know, the the woman from the publisher, she's like, I've already I've already been applying what you've you know what I've been hearing you read, and <laughs> I think I'm going to try to use this to stop biting my nails. I was like, that is mm -hmm. it's the same thing. It's literally the exactly. exact same thing. It's just the mm -hmm. urge to do it, awareness, like the whole thing. Mm -hmm. She's like, I can't wait. My whole life, my mom's been bugging me that I need to stop <laughs> biting my nails. Yep. <laughs> Yes. So um, yep. anyway, it's just, it's fun to bring that knowledge to a different group mm -hmm. of people for sure. Mm -hmm. Secondary effects. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Unknown secondary effects. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are, what are you doing for, um, uh, because I've heard today at the podcast that, um, that you are planning some, some, uh, some things book related for uh, non-doctors as well. Are there yeah. any events or, or stuff that are, yes. that are going yeah. on? So anybody who pre-orders the book or orders it really within the first couple of days of it, of it mm -hmm. being out, um, will be invited to a special workshop. Mm -hmm. And, um, and if let's just say, and I mean, well, and the name, the title of the workshop is guarantee your weight loss success. And the mm -hmm. point of it is so that you don't buy this book and then just let it sit on the shelf. Like we do mm -hmm. with so many other books, like how don't, mm -hmm. don't you kind of wonder, I like, I wonder what, like all the books that are bought, like how many are actually read? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I really wonder. And so the purpose of that workshop is to get you ready to apply what's in the book, like really getting mm -hmm. yourself into that mindset mm -hmm. of like, okay, I'm going to do this without the rushed energy of it's just a means to an end diet mentality. Mm -hmm. I just have to get through it really fast kind mm -hmm. of a, um, kind of a thing, but instead getting yourself ready so that you can really dive in and actually figure out like, what is the real issue here? What mm -hmm. is the problem that I'm using to, um, that I'm using food to solve for mm -hmm. and, yeah. um, and going from there. But the thing is, the plan is that um, even once the book is out, so anybody who listens to this well after the book has been released, um, we'll have the recording of that workshop. And if you go purchase the book, um, you know, online, and then you get the order number, um, then you can, uh, can go to my website and enter that in and you'll get mm -hmm. uh, um, the recording of that, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah. workshop yeah. for free to, yes. uh, yeah. to help yeah. you with that. So, and that's for, for amazing. Everybody. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And then the other thing that I think that you're alluding to is, um, you know, probably by the time this, this episode goes live, that will be uh, kind of done, but we're going to have a bit of a, like a book ambassador group where mm -hmm. anybody can join who wants to help spread the word about the book mm -hmm. and, um, you know, get some support 
um, yeah. in doing so just to help get the word out. Cause really, I mean, book publishing is an interesting, um, industry, mm-hmm. interesting, interesting mm-hmm. business that I've learned so much more about. And there are just like with so many things now in our world, like all these algorithms and all these different mm-hmm. things. And you want to get the book, um, you want to give it, it's, you want to give it as much help as it, as you can in the beginning so that it can sort of get its own legs and, you know, word of mouth spreads and things like that. Um, otherwise, um, you know, the different algorithms will not show it as mm-hmm. suggestions and, and things yes. like that. So that's, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the more people know about it, the more people, uh, will be helped. That's, exactly. that's the purpose exactly. of, uh, of uh, even of if somebody this, reads yeah. it and does nothing with it, but they just mm-hmm. understand what mm-hmm. is actually going on for them better. I think that's totally worth it. I mean, yeah, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I remember learning, like, I think I, I worked with, this is before I knew about life coaching. I worked with a nutritionist who suggested I read, I remember her saying, just read any book by Janine Roth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, fine. I'd seen Janine Roth on, on, um, on Oprah, I think. And it always seemed like very kind of depressing and heavy, you know, to me, <laughs> this is when I did not know I was an emotional eater. I'm like, I just like food. <laughs> and yeah. so I, um, so I bought the one that seemed like the most fun and the easiest to read. Mm-hmm. And I read through the whole thing and I still felt like at the end of it, like, I mean, I did, I will say that I did understand better that I was eating for emotional reasons. And that was huge. I really, that part did change my life, but I didn't know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of felt like it was like, oh, well, this is mm-hmm. just what you do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I don't like that. I mean, I think, you mm-hmm. know, those of us in the medical profession, right? Like it's like we're yeah. solutions focused, we're solutions oriented. Okay. I understand mm-hmm. the problem. So what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And I felt like there wasn't that help there. So I feel like with this book, it's like, you can understand the problem, understand you know, what could be done and what is the next best step for everybody's going to be different. You know, I talk about mm-hmm. how trauma can um, be yes. an influence and in, um, in yeah. struggling with your weight and all these other things. Somebody might be like, you know what, like I, you know, this is the nudge I needed to get myself mm-hmm. in with a trauma therapist to yes. actually yes. like work through this stuff because, I can see how it's influencing the food. So like, they're not ready to lose weight probably in that moment, but if they can get the help that they need to move themselves forward, then it's completely worth it. Yeah. And I think for, um, how I see, uh, for, for, for my clients, I think weight loss journey is a deep healing journey, Mm -hmm. uh, mind, body, and soul. Uh, if we are talking about uh, the whole uh, triad of, of this, because it 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 touches you at at so many levels, because it's it's never about the damn uh, cupcake, you know. Right. It's never. And when you have a plan and you are consistently not following your plan, <laughs> yes. uh, there is like uh, treasures to be discovered there, mm-hmm. and it might be um, like uh, as as you said. Uh, big T's, small T's that we are uncovering, and uh, um, and uh, this is my uh, my experience as well. Especially working mostly with veterinarians, coming from this profession with a lot of burnout, a lot of suicide, mm-hmm. a lot of depression, a lot of things yeah. uh, happening for for my colleagues. Um, it's uh, it's a deep healing uh, process, yes. and it might start as a as a weight loss, and then. Uh, 
Um, it might require a therapist or a different type of, uh, of like interaction with a psychiatrist or wow. um, uh, a deep healing process. Uh, yeah. And uh, all those things can co coexist. It, it's not uh, one or the other, or uh, right. uh, there is so much help that uh, we can get for our uh, for uh, for ourselves and our clients and our colleagues, uh, that uh, um, it 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 might start with a, with a cupcake, but the 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 deep roots of, of healing will touch uh, our lives um, uh, in um, in many 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 ways that we are not even aware of. Um, I think if you think of like a pirate's treasure yes. map, you know, you think of mm -hmm, that, it's like mm -hmm. X marks the spot. It's like the cupcake mm -hmm. is just the X marks the spot. It just means mm -hmm. look here. You yes. know, it's like, there's something going on. Yeah. Should, you know, like, why am I eating this cupcake? Yes. Maybe I should yep. explore what that's all about. Yeah. And the thing yeah. that I always say about it too, just because I, I mean, I'm sure anybody listening is already on board enough with mm -hmm. this to, to probably not be this, but like, you know, it's, it's not always the easiest work, you know, mm -hmm. this stuff that we yes. And so I really have a lot of compassion for people who don't want to do yes. it. I get yeah. it. I understand. But then let's just be honest with ourselves. Like that seems mm -hmm. too scary. I'm not ready. I don't want to delve mm -hmm. into that right now. Instead yes. of blaming our bodies or thinking that there's something fundamentally mm -hmm. wrong with us. No, there's not. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a choice right now. And it's okay yeah. to choose not to do, not do anything about it, but also to just say like, it's just not possible for some people to lose weight. I'm like, yeah. But like, if we're being honest, like most of the time it is, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like I mm -hmm. hate to say yes. that. Yeah. They may yeah. believe otherwise, but that's a belief. I'm like, mm -hmm. I just don't know that that's really true. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but, which is fine. You don't have to lose weight. Don't do anything yes. if you don't want to. Yeah. Um, but just being aware, like there's healing available. I remember mm -hmm. working with a client several years ago who had a longstanding history of binge eating mm -hmm. and so we were working with her on, on stopping binging and, mm -hmm. and she didn't even tell yeah. us that she binged at first. So mm -hmm. she was losing weight while also binging. And then it kind of, mm -hmm. you know, kind of came out as we worked together a little more. And I remember her saying that she, like, once we helped her to stop binging, she was like, I just really, I didn't even bring it up when we started working together because I thought there was nothing that could be done. I really thought that this was just me and there was just nothing that could be done about yeah. it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can believe like, it's going to be impossible for me to stop binging, but then that's only until it is possible for you to stop binging. Yes. Right. So yeah. sometimes we just have to get to that place where our minds are open and we're ready mm -hmm. and kind of like the moon's align. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, maybe I am ready to make a change here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and I like that, uh, you touched that as well in your, in your book, um, you know, uh, sometimes it's uh, it's okay to put that goal of you on a shelf until uh, until your life it's it's getting a little bit more in in uh, in the right place. You don't have to do it right now. You can do it uh, uh, later on. And uh, uh, some of my clients, especially especially uh, horse veterinarians who who have an intense season uh, uh, oh, during sure. spring and uh, spring and and summer. It's mm -hmm. like um, that was not such a, a good idea to start that journey right now because like everything is like uh, so timed out and so you know everything has to to happen in a specific or, or order and uh, and um, uh, is uh, only so much that we can do during this season 
um, uh, and uh, the most intense period of their career is happening during that time. They yes. don't need, and probably it's more, it makes more sense to start that during winter, uh, mm -hmm. autumn, winter season, and to have all those tools already in their tool bag. And then the next season will be totally different, but not starting a new project when everything is like, uh, yeah, um, totally crazy. Yeah. And then the flip side of that is, is when we get into, I mean, I totally was, I suffered with this, you know, in my training, right? Well, once mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm out of training and I'm, I'm in practice, like then it'll get better. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't get better. Oh, well, once this happens, then, I'll, then it'll get better. Once this happens, then it'll get better. And then you're just, you know, postponing your mm -hmm. satisfaction with your life. And that, so that's where we have to be real careful. Like what you just described with the horse veterinarian makes complete sense. I'm mm -hmm. totally on board. Yes, absolutely. But like, say maybe someone who's a small animal vet in a very mm -hmm. busy practice and it's mm -hmm. always busy. Well, then yes. we have to figure out a way to yes. live life and do what yeah. we, you know, still meet our goals. Yeah. Even yeah. within that, we don't have yes. to like find a slower practice or whatever it is to be able to have what we want. Yeah. And I think it's important to mention that too, because sometimes we also just think that that's true. Yes. Like I just yeah. can't work yeah. so much. Like it's just not possible. And I'm always like, but what if it was so much easier to do than you think? Yes. You know, yeah. like you probably yeah. could do it. Like I'm often like, if you just think about how much time you waste, you know, yeah. really when you think about just like silly stuff on your phone, whatever, like mm -hmm. if you spent that time, putting yeah. a little effort in, like, well, you could probably make mm -hmm. some serious progress. So it's like exactly. finding that balance. It's like having, it's, it's just because you're giving yourself permission to not do it. Doesn't mean that you're totally permissive in the sense of yes. like, you can just, you know, indefinitely, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> postpone just the release the reins and then eat your face off, off until right. you find time. The, uh, that is not right. what we mean here. I was yeah. never going to just like show yeah. up. Like I often think yes. of that even within my business. Like if I'm yeah. not happy with like the amount that I'm working, no one's coming to rescue me. You yes. know what I mean? No one's coming to go, Katrina, you know what? You seem mm -hmm. like you would just do better if you had just had more time off. Like that's mm -hmm. just yeah. never going to happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> so yes. we have to take control of that ourselves. Yeah. We have to yeah. decide, you know what? I'm not okay with this. And I, I mm -hmm. have to just, I am going to figure out how to do something better mm -hmm. for myself. Mm -hmm. You may not know at all what that looks like or how it could even possibly work, mm -hmm. but the desire and the commitment to keep going until you find mm -hmm. the solution is yeah. what's required. And I'm sure you have a version of that with your story, with mine as well. I mean, mm -hmm. I kept going, I kept going. It was like somehow just saying, that's it, I'm done. It just mm -hmm. never sat right with yeah. me. I need yes. to, I, there's gotta be a way to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm so glad I kept going. Yes, me too. And that willingness of uh, of uh, failing and learning, uh, as you said, like Dan Sullivan, yeah, that is one of my favorite quotes as well, is no failing, it's just learning. Yes, just learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's like, like um, um, taking everything as, uh, and I think that is so so um, uh, useful for us as uh, as uh, veterinarians as well to see that number on the scale, to see that uh, that food, you know, to collect data that makes sense for for our brains as well. We are not judging some blood sample results, you know. Oh, I hate that K, uh, that calcium there, you know. It's like, what is that doing there? It's like, it's people, it's just data, you know. Yes. We are not hating that uh, that yeah. blood sample result. You just, we are collecting information and, uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, I think, uh, I think at some level, um, we as veterinarians, we are more um, 
uh, prone to 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 investigate what our patients are eating. So for for us is uh, um, especially the, all those allergies and all those food intolerances. And uh, um, sometimes I get uh, that remark from one of my uh, one of my pet owners, like. My doctor never asked me, asked me what kind of cheese are you eating and what right. is inside, you know, what's what's yeah. the brand so I can Google and I I can find all the ingredients in that. That was the most thorough, you know, interview. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we can resonate with that for ourselves. Like, okay, it's just data. We are collecting data. If we don't know what goes in here, we cannot help us to understand how our bodies work and what works for us uh, to, to be, because we all are snowflakes, but we right. all can create snowflakes or food plants or, or weight loss yeah. journeys that are snowflake uh, roofed for, for each and every one of us, because we are creating that. We right. are creating that for our lives and for our expectations as well, but it's, it's possible. Yeah. yeah. I think that like, if you know, so much of what I talk about in the book is about, you know, taking back that, that expert status ownership mm -hmm. of your body. Like you are the expert in your body. Yes. Like, you know, I can't know when you're hungry. I can't know mm -hmm. when you're satisfied. Like, like there's a lot of things, you know, so when you think that someone else should tell you how much food you should eat, mm -hmm. how do they know that just presupposes mm -hmm. that you don't know. The only reason you don't know is because you're, you've lost that contact with your body. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, so we take that back, but then we have to understand that that with ownership comes some responsibility of yes. actually doing some due diligence and figuring out mm -hmm. what is this food that I'm eating. One thing that happened for me was, and this was even after I lost the weight, like people mm -hmm. were always talking about how great nuts are and everyone should eat nuts. And, and I've always been like, you know, I mean, nuts are okay, but you know, they're mm -hmm. fine if they are, you know, candied mm -hmm. <laughs> or covered in chocolate <laughs> or something. But other than that, mm -hmm. this is not really my thing. But then I thought, oh no, I should be eating more of these. So then I was eating mm -hmm. more nuts. And it took me a while to finally figure out, you know what? I kind of have a stomach ache every time I eat these. Yes. Maybe this just isn't for yes. me. And so now mm -hmm. I just don't, I don't force myself to eat anything that doesn't yeah. taste good to me. That doesn't exactly. taste good to my body. It, it just, you know, that's it. There is some responsibility there. Like we have to take mm -hmm. back that, that ownership of, you know, that I can follow any plan that any expert, you know, or trainer or nutritionist or whoever gives me. But ultimately, only I know what it feels like to eat it in my body. Yes. And I kind of think too, when you think about humans and evolution and, you know, um, like migration over the world and how different, um, you know, ways of eating are across the world, you know, just the mm -hmm. foods that are, you know, available and, and culturally what people eat, it would make sense that your body would tolerate best the food that came from that, you know, home culture. Yes. Well, now that we're all over the place, right? Like my family mm -hmm. comes from Germany, you're Romanian, right? You know, like yes. we're living in all these different parts of the world. I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility that we're eating other cultures food and it just doesn't, our bodies just have not evolved. Even though we all have a human body, it just doesn't sit as well with us for whatever reason. Exactly. Be because okay. Yeah. Yeah, our, our genes are influenced by 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 the environment and uh, the enzymes that our digestive tracts are producing has to adapt to yes. to to the things that we are accustomed to. It's not like uh, only vegan is the way, or only right. only keto yeah. is the way, or only intermittent fasting or long fasting or all or that or that. Yeah. That is you not. You have to figure out what's going to work best for you. Yes. And that's 
people have been like, oh, so it sounds like you're saying that we have to be low carb. I'm like, no, no. I feel horrible on low carb. I <laughs> eat tons of carbs when I lost weight mm -hmm. and I still do. Because yep. it's not, not, not in not Oreos form though. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That was when I was vegan, right? Because yeah, Oreos yeah. are vegan. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm exactly. Vegan. And <laughs> organic and, and all the things. <laughs> so they must be good for me. Oh, no, they are still Oreos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's, uh, um, I like that you, even, even uh, with a hunger scale, uh, which people usually have problems with, <laughs> uh, it's so subjective, uh, but you, you still put in there like, uh, uh, what what works for you? Because even I encountered uh, clients who who are their bodies feel the best when they are eating really really small meals uh, throughout the day, and they are losing a bunch of weight. Amazing. Yeah, that that yeah. that never worked for me. I mean, like no, right. I, yes. uh, those kind of things. So uh, uh, just just do you. Yeah, I think I, I think that's what it is, and I think we've been so conditioned to think that we can't possibly trust ourselves because we're the ones who mm -hmm. got ourselves in this mess in the first place. And, mm -hmm. you know, so, so we can't possibly know what to do. We have mm -hmm. to go find someone else to tell us how to mm -hmm. eat and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, honestly, if you do what they say, you probably will have results, Yes, yeah. but you know, we either aren't willing to follow it forever or we can't for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And then rather than going, you know, that plan didn't work for me. We kind we make it mean that something's wrong with us because mm -hmm. the way it's been built to us is like, this is the thing, this is going to be the yes. solution. Oh, and now it didn't work for me. So that must mean I'm extra screwed up. I'm yes. extra, you know, yeah. uh, un yeah. uh, I can't trust myself that much more when mm -hmm. it's not that at all. It's just recognizing like, you know what, guess what? You probably know what tastes good to you. You know yes. what I mean? You probably know like, oh, you know, I eat that. Like, I'm always happy to eat that. I always feel good when I eat that. Okay, great. Maybe we should do that a little bit more. Okay, yes, exactly. Be so, so complicated. And then same with yeah. the hunger scale too. I mean, mm -hmm. just like, I don't know, am I hungry or not? Like, let me just check in. So good mm -hmm. to know. And if it's, everybody's going to be different, different lifestyles are going to be able to accommodate that. Many of the people that I serve, and work with eating small meals throughout the day is just not going to work. Even if they did feel amazing, you know, on the work days and stuff, that's just not going to be possible for them. Okay, yeah. fine. Then we'll figure something else out. I work with a lot of people who um, work shift work, you know, like yes. rotating shift work. And yeah. I mean, that is, I mean, it's like, you know, considered a carcinogen now, like to do that. Like it's, it's mm -hmm. cancer causing, like it is not yes. good for your body to I do know. that, but yeah. still, we, there's still things we can do, you know, rather than just yeah. like, oh, woe is me too bad. I might as well just, you know, mm -hmm. dig into the ice cream. It's like, mm -hmm. well, okay. But what can we do to support mm -hmm. ourselves as best as we can throughout that? Process? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. What would be um, like a, a takeaway uh, for everybody who, who just, uh, just hears you for the first time? Uh, I don't know which uh, under which rock they lived until now, but uh, <laughs> but uh, let's say that uh, they never heard about you, <laughs> and uh, uh, and they they are willing to buy your book and uh, to do all the things. Um, uh, what would be the like the start point, uh, the first uh, thought before they are opening the book? Yeah. <laughs> what would be I the think, first I think, like you the, know, the advice? first thought is even just recognizing it's really not about the food mm -hmm. open to the <laughs> over idea. and over again. <laughs> yeah. That it's really not about the food. Mm -hmm. 
Like it is in the sense that yes, you're eating things, but like, it's really not about that. And as soon as you can open your mind up to exploring Mm -hmm. what else it could be about, Mm -hmm. that's when things really can open up for you. But if you go Mm -hmm. in with that, that kind of old school mindset of like, Mm -hmm. well, I just have to eat less. I just have to move more. Yes. I mean like, well, okay. Yes. If you're overeating, yes. But also (laughs) there's Mm -hmm. more to it than that. I always look at it like Mm -hmm. if eating less and moving more was the solution, why would we be where we're at still? I mean, there's still so many people are struggling. Yeah. And and I guess the other thing I would say is just remember that, you know, the fact that you struggle with this doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, Mm -hmm. right? Like that, that, that there's uh, like something broken or Mm -hmm. defective or Mm -hmm. shameful or anything like that. It's just, Mm -hmm. this is just... It, I think of it as like, at some point you figured out food would help you to survive, mm-hmm. to, yes. to be able to get through yeah. what's going on in your life. And that was yes. actually yes. a really adaptive thing to yes. do. Exactly. You know, it made sense at the time and mm-hmm. now we've continued it on and it's just become maladaptive now yes. where before yeah. it was helpful. Now it's not no mm-hmm. longer helpful. So, yeah. okay, now we can yeah. figure out yeah. something different that will help us to adapt to our current situation. Yeah, yeah. Than... And, and, and I'm telling that to, to my, to my vet clients all the time. Like, um, if, if food brought you here in front of me and you are weighing like 325 pounds and you are alive with everything that you, you have been through in this profession, uh, then I'm really thankful that you had that tool to help you through that. And now it's, um, you decided that it's time to learn new tools uh, to manage your mind. Uh, Because if food literally saved your life and you are here with me, alive and still kicking, then I'm really thankful that that, uh, your body adapted to that and you are weighing 325 pounds. Who who cares? I'm really happy that you are still alive and uh, that food was that tool that you needed at that point and nothing to blame and to be ashamed about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So a few questions from my, from my vet colleagues. Yay. So excited. Uh, yay. I love yeah. all the vets who are fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they love you back um, a lot. So what's the strangest or the most awkward uh, interaction that you had with a uh, with a patient or their parents when you were a pediatrician? Oh my gosh. Wow. Because we have a lot of them in vet Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Wait, let me think. I mean, well, certainly when, you know, I mean, oh, okay. So you're examining a baby and the baby's mm-hmm. stripped down to their diaper, you know, cause you're examining mm-hmm. them. And, you know, a third nipple is like a normal thing. This is not like, you know, mm-hmm. a big deal yeah. at all, but like, you know, there being both parents in the room and, mm-hmm. you know, them asking, and then the, the father just literally not being able to control himself. Like it's always mm-hmm. the- Dad. yeah yeah uh, yeah control himself with like just don't you know like it's just so awkward or if there's like some issue with the little boy's penis like they just yes. cannot even deal they're like yeah laughing like eight-year-old boys that could be mm-hmm. awkward because I'm just trying yes. to you know like <laughs> to be professional <laughs> to be professional exactly yeah. I mean there were times too though where people would call me asking me about you know things that I mean mm-hmm. you and I would just never ever dream of calling the doctor about 
Like mm-hmm. one of my favorites was when they were rearranging their kids' bedrooms and like the, everyone's like the bunk beds and stuff. And they wanted me to help them make the decision about which of their kids should sleep with whom. Mm-hmm. Like I would have any idea, mm-hmm. you know, based on what you know about these kids. And I'm like, what? Oh, exactly. <laughs> meanwhile, my family, I'm my family's at home having dinner without me while I'm staying there you yes. know, at the office mm-hmm. answering mm-hmm. these questions. I mean, yeah. That actually happened uh, while I was an ER vet uh, during a night at 2 a.m. A, a pet owner called us uh, to ask us about the placing of of a uh, of a uh, uh, um, um, a closet in their room how can that affect their cats and i just saw my my night nurse putting like uh muting the conversation i just totally lost it and then she was like put it on on the speaker and she was like i cannot i cannot and we unmuted it a few times and i was i was like "Mm -hmm," and then muted again And then continuing is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the middle of the night after a really, really hard ER shift, like, okay, that is the most most important thing, right? (laughs) At 2 (laughs) a.m. on the ER. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. But usually we are, uh, as vets, we are, uh, they they show up with the patients at our doors or they are Googling our names and they are calling us at home. (laughs) Are they really? Yes. Saturday afternoon. Oh, I don't have time to come to the clinic on Monday. Uh, can you oh prescribe God. some antibiotics for Fluffy? Uh, well, you know what? I will say though that the the doctor that I replaced, he retired, mm-hmm. and then I replaced. Mm-hmm. Like he had lived really nearby the office, and people would on the weekends just go and knock on the mm-hmm. door. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. I just you know put up enough of a boundary. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. she's nice but she's not that nice yeah. <laughs> yeah. do not ring yes. my doorbell yeah or, or a, yeah a goat oh by your God. door or something yeah yes uh, <laughs> honestly when I think about it I'm like I just what you guys go through like I I And, you know, people say this all the time, like, I just couldn't do it. Okay, fine. But like, for real, like, I can deal with like, super, super, super sick human babies, like in the Mm -hmm. neonatal ICU or pediatric Mm -hmm. ICU, like, I can do that. But the Mm -hmm. thought of an animal suffering kills me. And I don't know what that says about me. I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Right. And, they, and there's yes. probably other people who are veterinarians who are like, I don't know how you can deal with the babies. People would say that to me all the time. How can you deal with these sick babies? I'm like, I don't know. You just do. Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't know. You you have the hope they, they will grow up and start talking. I think <laughs> that keeps you like still going, but here is like really no talking. See. You see all kinds, like, like from the whole spectrum from people who really devalue Mm-hmm. you know yeah. a great pet yes. yeah. to the people who we could argue overvalue yeah. or excessively are obsessed mm-hmm. yeah. in a in a pathological way yes. you yes. know about their pet and having to figure out okay well where on the spectrum is this pet owner mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. are their goals for this animal mm-hmm. and is that even in the best interest of the animal or are they doing this because it's in the best interest of the pet owner you know, I just, I I just want to say, I just, you know, yeah, 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 you know, being a a dog person myself, (laughs) yeah, yeah. and loving my dog, (laughs) I mean, I I super duper love our veterinarian, she's awesome, um, yeah, but, uh, but it's, I, I can just only imagine, (laughs) yeah, 
imagine. Uh, and you kind of answered the next, next question. Uh, dogs, cats, reptiles, or birds? What What's your yeah. pet? Well, dogs for sure, number one. But, you know, my first pet, my only pet growing up was a bird, a little parakeet. His name was mm-hmm. Charlie. He spoke German. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how did you do that? I'm like, well... Mm-hmm. They'll mm-hmm. repeat any language you speak to them. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, so, yeah. So, and I like cats. I'm just, um, I'm, you know, I'm pretty allergic to them and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I'd like to not have an asthma attack. So, mm-hmm. I- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, not advice to have. Yeah. Reptiles, reptiles are really just, that. that's not my thing. Like I, I can uh, admire them from afar but mm-hmm. I don't want them in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if they are carrying someone or all the things, but yeah, that's another story. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. yep. Um, what is an experience um, or a food that you will never say no to? Even if it's planned or, or something that... Uh, um, that is one of the most common boarding questions that we ask our pet owners, you know? <laughs> oh, like what, and what will they not say no to? Because yeah. then, you know, like I can always mm-hmm. get their yeah. attention with that. Oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. I mean, here's what I want to say. I mean, I'll just start with this, that <laughs> I don't ever want there to be any food that mm-hmm. feels like yeah, yeah, no, even even yeah, yeah, no, no, not not in that kind of obsessive way, but something oh, okay. that like what I just that, always love that I'm like, ooh, like yes, that. exactly, yeah. yeah, and you will uh, or a specific restaurant thing that oh, mm-hmm. I uh, I enjoyed that uh, that thing there, and I planned or unplanned, not not yeah. to just take yeah. our our pleasure from food, but just something that is yeah. sparkly and makes you giggle, and it's uh, it's yeah. fun to have. What I love, I mean, yeah. I am a big fan of like a good mint chip ice cream or like mm-hmm. Oreo or mint mm-hmm. something with some mm-hmm. chocolate in there. Mm-hmm. Like that is just that just always hits the spot. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, what's the craziest thing that uh, uh, your dog did? Your little Westy. Oh golly! <laughs> the fondest I memory. Can I just tell them what I told you when we first got on this. Yeah. I was like. Well, it's so appropriate that I'm talking to a veterinarian because Augie, my dog, just got groomed yesterday and he's a Westie, so he's white mm-hmm. and he was looking really good. And then mm-hmm. it rained just a couple dry. It was just a little bit wet outside. I let him out. <laughs> I was getting myself ready for this. Then, oh, I got to let him in before I go upstairs. So like 15 mm-hmm. minutes before we're supposed to start, I bring him in and he has been completely rolling in. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just looks like a complete mess. Mm-hmm. And I really did even think like, maybe I could just leave him because I'm dressed <laughs> and like the whole thing yeah. and just like, let him dry mm-hmm. off and just see what the aftermath is. And I'm like, no, that's not cool. He'll sit on the furniture. <laughs> uh, so I, exactly. but I'm already like dressed. So I literally just like took off my top. Like I'm standing in a bra mm-hmm. in my laundry room, put him in the sink and, you know, and he, you know, he's a terrier. They don't like getting wet, like and no. shaking out and getting water yes. over my glasses yep. and the whole thing. But I will tell you that the thing that, that I'm like, I don't know why, I guess I'm a little less embarrassed about this, but I still feel so embarrassed about it. He just turned four. So he is not a puppy anymore and he still eats his poop. And we have tried Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. 
it just won't stop. And so I feel like have I you tried ananas, pineapple? Feeding him pineapple? Yes. No, I haven't. Heard You're that. welcome. So I just give him like a piece of pineapple every day, every meal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that will make him not like the taste not of it. Mm -hmm. the other. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! Tell me how it goes. I will tell you. Yeah. So just like maybe one little piece, like not very. No, much. no, it's not toxic for them. Uh, yeah. Just uh, just okay. feed him some pieces of pineapple, uh, okay. preferably not you know with sugar and all those stuff. Yeah, yeah. But but right, right. that you that you yeah. know already. Uh, just uh, pineapple. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, then I guess I haven't tried everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's like with the weight loss, you you don't you don't have to you have to be willing. Yeah, you have to be willing. I will try that for sure. Yes. So then, yeah. do you think though that it it's one of those things where they get like it kind of deconditions them from even thinking about eating it and eventually you can stop or they, they, they do don't like it. They, they stop because he for a while did stop. Mm -hmm. Like there was a while where he, he grew out of it. I was like, Oh, finally, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. then, and then I, ugh, it's so gross to even see him I know. doing it. <laughs> so disgusting. And I love it too. When he won't eat something else that like mm -hmm. dropped on the floor. I'm like, well, you know, he has a very refined palate. Obviously, okay. He'll yeah. eat food, but he won't <laughs> eat that. <laughs> but because he has so such a refined uh, palate, you know, he eats just that food that comes from his palate. I would be. It would be amazing to see if he wants to eat pineapple. Pineapple. But yeah, uh, if I, I think, I I'll think, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's oh, okay. uh, it, it doesn't exist a dose or something. Just feed him some pineapple. <laughs> I will and do it and see what happens. I mean, because if some people are like, oh, it's he's has to have a nutritional deficiency. Mm. He gets the best raw food. I mean, the most ridiculously <laughs> expensive, you know, whatever. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's not that. Like mm -hmm. he's, <laughs> he's, he's got pretty good nourishment there, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Is he allergic to something or uh, no? No, 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 no. So and give honestly, him some pineapple. Yeah, he because he, you know, I mean, I know you know, Westy's gonna have a lot of allergies. Our yes. first Westy, she yes. had a lot of allergies. Yeah. Um, she had to go on cyclosporin, and then she yes. got the yes. gingival hyperplasia, so then we had to stop, mm -hmm. and it was like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, but Augie is not the most. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's purebred in that sense, mm -hmm. but he is like in terms of his coat and his size and just everything. Mm -hmm. You can tell like he would never be show quality yes. let's just mm -hmm. say okay mm -hmm. and you know got him from like kind of a rural person you know mm -hmm. kind of it just mm -hmm. has a couple dogs you know that they do on their farm and um and I actually I'm hoping knock on wood that means that he's mm -hmm. you know a little healthier because mm -hmm. the person that we got our first Westie from she had actually kept that dog to show her mm -hmm. and then she mm -hmm. had an overbite when her adult teeth came in so then mm -hmm. they got rid of her. so mm -hmm. um so anyway I'm hoping that that means that he won't get the allergies because that was a pain yes. in the butt yeah. yeah 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 that's definitely a problem that Westy have and yeah. uh, Westies have and uh, yeah but try try pineapple I'm gonna try we'll it see. I'll tell you what happens <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say though that sometimes my kids are like well it's not all bad because then there's less poop for us to pick up outside <laughs> like well all right <laughs> it's still really gross silver lining I guess yeah yeah <laughs> you, you can understand why I don't really like to be licked on my face by my patients oh my gosh I mean I don't that, like that's a hard no anywhere. for me yeah. No, my, yeah. my dogs, I, I mean, and I'm sure there's some dogs that you just can't teach them to stop, but I, mm -hmm. I do not tolerate the licking. I don't like that. They, mm -hmm. yeah. 
And I'm just so glad I don't have a little baby because they just go up and lick the baby on the face. Yeah. It's just raw food mouth. I mean, both ways. It's horrible. <laughs> it <could make> yeah. <laughs> sick. Yes. Yep. So it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty fun to have uh, that little augie. Yeah. He's, Let you me... know, he's like my buddy and I love him so much. And also like, I took a picture of him when he came in this morning, <laughs> sent it to my husband and said, I'm going to kill him. And then with the mm-hmm. devil, emoji, you know, like, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, we have a, we have a kitten is the first pet that I actually bought. I, I paid oh, yeah. money for because yeah. uh, otherwise we, we take a lot of, uh, of uh, pets who are abandoned or yeah, sure. any vet knows that, you know, yeah, so and, sure. uh, but that is the first cat that, uh, we bought, we paid yeah. money for yeah. and, uh, and, uh, she's a sphinx. She's a naked cat. Uh, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, uh, Peter, uh, my husband, uh, Every time she's she's so resourceful in in finding trouble that is like amazing and and my husband said I think we have to write on the wall big so we are not saying this over and over again you wanted me <laughs> you purchased me and paid a shit ton of money for me this was a choice <laughs> it was your choice <laughs> I do have yeah. to say the last week, my family, my, my son's been away in Boston, my oldest son for the summer. And then my husband took my other two kids up to his family's cabin in Canada. And then he took Augie with him too. Cause you know, the dog needs to go on vacation too. That's good for yes. him. And he has the time of his life. But that meant that I was in the house by myself, like yeah. nobody. And I was like, I will always have a companion animal. Yes. I, it was awful. I was yeah. so lonely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like I will always, always, always have an animal for sure. Yes. Yeah. They are, they are so amazing. They, I think the most thing um, that they teach us is unconditional love. If, if you can, you can, if you can learn to see your body from your pet's perspective is the right. best thing that you can, that you can do. They don't freaking care. Uh, that you are overweight don't yeah yeah so they're coming by the door wiggling their uh, tails or yeah my kids are always (laughs) laughing like you know I'm home with them all day you know and Mm -hmm. I'll leave to go pick them up from school I'm back you know 20 minutes later and he's more excited to see me than he is to see Mm -hmm. them I mean he's excited to see them but then it's like (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) yes I'm back yeah yep Yeah, so amazing. <laughs> Thank you for being with us today, Katrina Uberlemdi. Uh, Thank you so much. I mean, this is so fun. So, so, so fun. So fun. I'm like, we need to do this just so we can talk to yes, each other. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I have like a coffee chat. Or, uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was Thank really, so really fun. Thank you. I hope you had equally fun listening to this podcast as we did recording it. If you are a veterinarian and are interested in learning tools or neuroscience-based tools to permanently lose weight or just to reconnect with your sparkles so you can create the veterinarian life or business you only dreamed about, contact me. You can find me at www.vetcoachinternational.com. Have an amazing rest of your day. Lots of loving hugs. Mwah!